0: In today's episode, we're discussing life skills we want to teach our kids. Hey everyone, welcome to the Popeye Fatike podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. We recently ran across an article entitled, Your Children Need Life Skills, This Dad Explains How to Teach Them, and it got us thinking about what life skills we want to impart on our kids. But before we get into that, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I'm Jim. I've got two daughters, eight and five so in the article the author is taught he talks a little bit about teaching his kids about car repair finances cooking and mental health actually one note about the car repair it's funny because he starts off saying you know i'm teaching my daughter how to change a battery and i'm like well that's i mean if your battery goes does are you keeping a spare battery in the trunk like that, that to me feels like kind of an extreme uh you know car repair tactic like I think we start off with maybe something simple like just changing a tire that seems a little bit better but uh you know to each his own um but he started off small so you know when he was teaching his kids to cook it would just start off with you know cracking an egg and then loading the washing machine and 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 by doing these sort of smaller things he felt that the kids were able to get comfortable with the task and then gain a level of confidence or, or gain some competence in the task and then finally sort of achieve confidence and mastery, if you will. And he was saying that consistent consistency, he felt, and patience were the key to sort of teaching them. So, you know, fast uh, forward a few years here and his 13-year-old son can cook a basic meal and is in charge of cooking on Sunday nights. And And what that means is it's not just the cooking, actually. It's the planning, the shopping, and the meal prep. So kudos for kind of all three of those things, which is all-encompassing. Uh, his 15-year-old daughter also has her own uh, cooking day, which is on Saturday. Also, kudos for offloading the cooking tasks to the kids. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And he says that his daughter also does a lot of the car maintenance with the father, clearly changing a battery when necessary, probably changing oil, stuff like that, um, and that everybody is responsible for their own laundry. So further in the article, they talk about uh, Jessica Leahy, who's the author of The Gift of Failure. And she advocates that we teach kids autonomy, so they're gonna be more motivated to engage in sort of the business of their own lives and and learn how to be competent, right? Give them sort of clear expectations and then sort of step away after we've taught them what those expectations are. And that allows the kids to take ownership of the task and learn to solve problems and, and deal with failures on their own. So let's start a little bit by discussing any life skills that you learned from your parents growing up and then maybe any skills that you hadn't been taught but wished you had.
1: It's interesting to reflect on this and how many things I know now and what I learned and where did I, where did I get those things. And as far as relevant to this conversation, I think uh, working with power tools was important. My dad was really good at getting me involved in, and uh, we did a lot of um, home projects uh, building decks and things like that, and so it was not only just learning how to use the tools, but just being comfortable with building things and and uh, and the certain techniques and and criteria that you use to make you know stable structures. And I've, I'm fairly confident that I could build a deck today, just from that experience. Uh, a lot of what the I think maybe the most valuable thing that that I learned from my dad was uh, backpacking, and we took family trips when I was a kid, and it was. Um, I mean for several years it was something we did uh, most summers mm-hmm. we'd go for three five or maybe even seven days at a time mm-hmm. and go up to the uh, go up to the mountains and it was it, there's a lot to that there's you know perseverance uh you know going for a goal you know we're gonna hike for three miles or whatever mm-hmm. uh being out in nature uh self-sufficiency independence <clears throat> excuse me all those things that come with just traveling with your life on your back for a little while um, that includes uh navigating with maps and compasses and you know, mm. learning about nature and uh in my uh, my dad had some um history with uh he'd been trained in survival mm. and so to get some of those lessons was really powerful uh, and again it gives me a lot of confidence that uh, that I can do those things now there's the usual sort of sport lessons um teamwork hard work um uh, you know all those things that that end up having that carry over into life in a more general way. Mm-hmm. We also did a lot of short trips and and again at a, I mean, at a very young age I was taking trips uh, independently. Um, you know maybe even junior high and that's another thing that gives me a lot of confidence. It had Gave me a lot of confidence. Packing my bag and getting through the airport you know getting cabs and things like that so travel uh, was something that we learned very quickly and, um, and you know, I don't know how much of a life skill that is, but it's certainly something I'm still still comfortable with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, on on my end, it's it, one of the things that I hadn't thought about, but I think that you maybe realized too was this. In a previous podcast, I had interviewed my dad, and one of the things that we talked about about his sort of parenting style was to sort of give you enough rope, or, or you know, kind of put you in situations where you were not in danger of making bad decisions, but were had the ability to make your own decisions. And so that if you made the wrong decision, you know, again, you weren't going to end up in jail or anything, but that you know there would be some consequences. So it's sort of just giving you enough rope to allow you to um, explore, sort of making the correct decisions. And I, I don't that I don't necessarily think of that in a life skill way, but I think it is a life skill in terms of you know being able to sort of think things through. Um, and and to make the you know to make the right decision there, you know in terms of the sort of concrete things, I remember one of the early things was you, had, you know change a tire. I did learn how to cook from them later in life, um, and I would say that one of the big things that I do feel like I did miss out on was financial literacy. You know they did sort of open the bank account for me early on, but I was just one of these kids who like the minute the money came in, it was out the door like in seconds. It was just like mm-hmm. a blink of an eye. I could not hold on to money at all. And you know now that I'm older, it's obviously different but it took a while i mean it it probably took through uh college I, and and i at least though didn't make as many mistakes as some people i know i mean i i know a friend that was massively in debt uh when she went off to college because she made some bad choices and you know this was the time when you know the um credit card companies could actively come out to campus right and sign you up for a credit mm-hmm, card like mm-hmm. once upon a time that was a thing like you hey freshman, Hey, sign up for this credit card, and uh, she made some bad decisions, and it took her a number of years to get out of that. So, I mean, from that perspective, I had sort of enough. Uh, I, I learned enough, but in terms of sort of really kind of the nuts and bolts of financial literacy, I think that that's something that uh, I actually only learned later in life, and and that's something that certainly is is uh, one of the things that we're looking to teach uh, our kids. So, I mean, I guess that's a nice segue to the next question, which is. You know, what are the life skills that you're teaching your kids? You know, how are you doing that? And why are those skills important to you? I think you're gonna talk about this uh, as well.
1: And we've talked about this with the, we have a whole podcast about financial literacy. I guess it was about the apps, mm-hmm. about using yeah. the apps for, for teaching financial literacy. So we've got uh, we've got an allowance, it's through an app. You know, we're no longer doing the nickels and dimes and the piggy bank kind of thing. It's now more virtual and online, but teaching them about, uh, but you know, a certain percentage for saving, certain amount for investing a certain amount a certain amount for uh, for charity and then you know spending money and then trying to teach them how to make good decisions about how they spend their money things like you know we're just walking through the store and there's something you see and you all of a sudden you want it you know, is that really is that a good decision is that a good way to spend your money or do you want to wait until there's something that you like and then go and, and seek that out and I think that's going to be helpful and I think starting early is uh, helpful I remember, I did have the nickels and dimes and I had a, a bank account when I was very young with a little uh, passbook, you know, where you kept down your deposits mm-hmm, and withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, uh, it was helpful to start that, start that early. Uh, having daughters, I'm I'm not shying away from teaching them about tools. It's a little early to teach them about power tools, but uh, usually if I'm working on some kind of project around the house, they, they want to be involved. They want to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll set them up with the, uh, nails and a hammer and you know tell them i need these two pieces of wood stuck together and <laughs> see, the, see what they can do with that and uh you know and the younger one's always trying to find you know I'm, she's not using the power drill yet but she likes to uh likes to use screws um there's some things like sports and swimming you know i'm hoping that they'll get the same lessons it's the older one that's just now starting uh, organized sports that they'll get the same lessons i did you know the, the hard work you know you win games in practice not at the not on mm-hmm. game day Yeah, Uh, you know, teamwork and, you know, um, supporting a team be doing your best so that the team does its best, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also I'm trying to teach in this is a more more uh, vague thing, but trying to teach that failure is okay, And in fact, it's good because that's really the only way you learn that whole fail fast and fail, fail early or whatever Mm -hmm. the Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley phrase is. And iteration, you know, it's efforts and iteration. If it doesn't work, try something else. And that's, that's kind of a mindset that, that I didn't have in in my generation growing up, you know, there wasn't the failure wasn't encouraged at all, maybe some, uh, some independence, some independent exploring, like you say, have enough rope to make your make some bad decisions, but it was, Mm -hmm. that was less, that was about finding good decisions rather than learning how to, how to fail and recover. And I think that's, that's something that I guess it's more of an attitude that I'm trying to impart to them.
0: Yeah, i mean certainly growing up that was one of the just the catchphrases right out there right failure is not an option (laughs) that's right right. (laughs) it's you know that's that's not at all uh sort of what is being taught these days yeah i mean also over here we do sort of look at the growth mindset and talk about you know failure is okay but i think sort of the the caveat to that is right failure is okay as long as you're learning from it right if you just sort of fail and then walk away and quit that's that's not exactly what we mean, right? It's, okay, in the failure, what did you learn from that to make whatever process or whatever thing better the next time? And that is certainly something that that we're doing over here. Uh, you know, as far as swimming and things like that and, and a- extracurricular activities, one of the things that we uh, told our daughter early on is, you know, as you pick up these extracurriculars, you can quit, uh, if you're not interested in doing it but you can't quit because it gets harder and right. i remember telling her this earlier so when she was uh much much younger i think four ish uh she was in ice skating and jujitsu at the same time and i remember that that very first time that she went up a level she went up a level in ice skating and then two weeks later she went up a level at jujitsu and the leaps between those two levels were was pretty significant and it was in a very short amount of time And I was impressed at how she dealt with the additional level of complexity, right? Because this is sort of the first time that she had an opportunity to sort of master something. And then as quick as she mastered it, oh, here's the next thing. And now you're basically starting from scratch all over again, right? So now you can kind of, whatever, skate in a straight line. Okay, you've gotten that. Now, you know, you have to learn how to turn, right? So you're basically starting over again. So that mastery that you feel that you had over that class all of a sudden has disappeared because you've now moved up a level and the next challenge is set in front of you. And so I made that really clear to her and, and we went uh, a number of sessions with at least the ice skating where, you know, she just kept going and, and I was happy. And when she ultimately decided to quit, I think it was for the right reasons. I I couldn't fault her rationale. So that was good. And, uh, you know, the the jitsu so she's been doing jiu-jitsu for a while. You know, we've taken some time off with COVID here. But that's one where that to me is a, a life skill, this sort of self-defense piece. Uh, and, you know, she's one of the smaller kids in the class. She will always be. So I think it's just good for her to have that level of confidence, you know, okay, if, you know, if something goes squirrely here, I mean, obviously, if something gets squirrely, I'd rather her get away. You know, there's no shame in running away from the, you know, from the issue. I'd rather her not have to engage but that if the situation should arise where she does need to, or, or my son too, right, that they will be able to handle that. So, you know, that's it for, I think, sort of the, the self-defense and swimming stuff. Uh, as you had sort of talked about, the financial literacy is a big thing. So yeah, we use an app. She gets an allowance, but that's not tied to chores. So she also has a set of chores. They're responsible for uh, taking out the garbage. Each of them has a task within the garbage. And then clearing the dishes from the table uh, and then unloading the dishwasher. So there are chores, but again, they're not tied to allowance. But within the financial literacy piece, you know, what we're trying to teach is sort of also interest and compound interest, setting goals. And I do want to look for uh, getting her into stocks. Uh, I know that there are a number of sort of simulators where you have this virtual currency and you can actually put it into you know actual companies that exist but it's virtual right so you're not actually getting any money but you can sort of see how if you had put that money in how it goes up and goes down the app that we do use um Greenlight, allows her to actually invest in companies like sort of fractional shares and so we're, we're working through a couple of books right now i want her to at least have some education before we start randomly going all right it'll be you know disney because i know disney and you know whatever other companies that she's familiar with which is but that's okay right i mean at the end of the day um you know it's still okay that's that's a learning process but i think yeah that financial literacy piece is, is so important especially as they're younger and one of the things that i am trying to get her to do is she has been interested in jewelry and she's done a number of jewelry making classes she's quite handy and i would like her to actually i've talked about this i think a while ago Uh, But I would like her to launch an Etsy store because I think that will help her understand how business works. And I ultimately, if if I had my drawlers, I'd love for her to be an entrepreneur. That may or may not be her path. But I want her to at least understand that that is a path if that's something that she chooses to do and to understand, you know, how it works. And there's a number of of books that we use to teach stuff like that. So um, I think it's called, what is it? It's the STEM startup squad so it's a bunch of i think they're third or fourth grade girls and like the first book they have to have a lemonade stand for school and it's you know they picked the wrong location at first and then there's you know they're like well one of the girls wants to make fresh squeeze lemonade another girl's like well you know it costs too much that's a lot of expense we only have 20 dollars, and we're not trying to win the best lemonade making contest here we're trying <laughs> to sell the most lemonade right which is a distinction uh, and so I think the book provides actually a nice, you know, it's like the old school, like lemonade game, right? Where you have to pick how much money you're going to put on sugar and, you know, how much you're going to sell it for and all that stuff. So I think there's a lot of ways to teach some of these things through reading books, which is something that I always love to do uh, with the kids anyway.
1: Entrepreneurialism is an interesting thing. I hadn't thought of that as a life skill, but that is, that is something I got from, from my family. Uh, on both sides of my family, they... You know, on on one side, my mom's family is uh, are farmers, which is essentially just a small business, mm-hmm. and uh, both my dad and my grandfather were self-employed, and so I didn't think twice about it. That seemed like I didn't, I really didn't know what people did at jobs. I mean, I had my jobs bagging groceries and washing cars or whatever, but as far as you know, going into a city and working in an office, I, that was really foreign to me, uh, and that is something I want to I want to teach my my girls about, that is is, uh, not only that it's an option, but that it's not really as hard as people might think it is, or that people may want to teach other people that it is. It's really, it's not, it's just a different way of living.
0: Yeah, and I think that our education system doesn't necessarily, like unless you go into sort of a specialized, it's just not something that is taught, which is funny because, you know, if you think, I tend to think of the United States as a relatively entrepreneurial country, but relative to like other countries, if you think about just sort of pure entrepreneurism, like the person who's got like a little, you know, restaurant in their cart, like in Asia, that's an entrepreneur, right? And they're selling, you know, meat sticks or whatever. And we see that all over. Uh, And yeah, I think it's, it's another avenue, right? Like a trade school or anything else. It's just, I think, possibilities. And personally, I found more pleasure in being an entrepreneur than working for somebody else. It's not everybody's bag, and that's okay. But I think part of that is just, again, exposing people. And I think that whether or not you want to be an entrepreneur, I think the entrepreneurial mindset serves you well, even right. if you decide that you're going to want to go work for somebody else. And so it, it I is. Agree right it's in part a way of thinking so i think it's it's the sort of that combination of the entrepreneur thing and also the sort of um the growth mindset that we're talking about right so some of these life skills that are i guess more sort of ways in thinking than actual sort of hard skills right like um you know swimming or self-defense or you know working hard right but it it is something that i think that if you're not necessarily exposed to it as a young kid, you potentially could go your whole life. I mean, I didn't start my first thing until I was in my 30s. You know, <laughs> Well 30 years before it occurred to me to do something on my own. And um, so, yeah, I, I hope that she doesn't have to wait that long. If she wants to try something, then let's go for it. And, and like I said, hopefully this, um, you know, we can get this Etsy store off the ground. And maybe it makes money, maybe it doesn't. That's not the point, right? The point is all of the other things that I want her to think about in making this store and having a store. And, and I think hopefully she'll have some level of ownership and feel proud about having something. So as you think about the kinds of um, skills that you want to teach the girls, are there, is there anything that you would do differently based on gender? I mean, you have two girls, I've got one of each, so maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't. So I,
1: I learned how to box when I was um, a teenager. And I'm really glad I did because it, I still have, I don't, I'm an old man now. I'm not sure it still works, but <laughs> I know, I know how to throw a punch and I know, uh, you know, I, I just, I know how to do that. And it's not to say I'm a brawler or anything like that, but it's always gave me a lot of confidence in, mm-hmm. in, in what I do in, in confrontations. And uh, you know, if things really get hairy or there's a, mm. you know, a, a crazy person on the bus or something like that. Right. I feel like, I'm able to protect myself and protect the people that are around me. Uh, I'd like that for my daughters as well, but I mean, unfortunately, I think the difference between a son. I, I would want to teach my son how to have that sort of quiet confidence. I want to teach my daughters how to just raise hell. I want to. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I I would I would encourage, and I want to encourage my daughters to be much more proficient in self defense
0: than than maybe I would with a boy. Yeah, for for me, I don't think. There's nothing in particular that I feel like is a gender-related skill for me, you know. Both kids, so when we probably a, another month or two, we'll probably try and go back to jujitsu. And our son has never been because, you know, when pre-COVID he was three, so he just he just didn't have the the patience or the body mastery to to do jujitsu. But at this point, I think he'll uh, I think he'll be quite good at it, or at least. Let's put it this way. I think he'll be interested in it. Um, Whether he's good at it is another issue. But, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is my daughter was really getting into it as we had to pull her out because of COVID. I mean, for a while there, she's been doing it for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years. And for most of that time, she didn't like it. And I would say for the first probably six months to 12 months, it was like, I don't want to go. Do I have to go? And it, it was like pulling teeth. But... If she went with me, she knows that I wasn't going to let her out of it, so she wouldn't complain. Whereas with her mom, sometimes if she caused enough ruckus, her mom would let her off the hook, which only served to cause more ruckus when her mom took her. But um, but, but she really did enjoy it. And towards the end there, she uh, was in two in-house tournaments, and she placed first in the first tournament, and she placed second in the second tournament. So I think that also gave her a sense of accomplishment which i think also contribute to her saying you know i i actually like this this is something that i want to do so i don't know hopefully uh in in another month or so we'll be able to get back to that so what kinds of future skills are you planning to teach the girls i mean obviously there are certain things I mean, the, the first thing I think of are like driving really like car related stuff, right? Our girls aren't ready for it yet. But do you have any other things that are like, well, when they're maybe a year, one more year, or, you know, certainly as your youngest is only five, there might be things that really are sort of limiting at five. Maybe she doesn't have the stamina to walk three miles. You know, what are the kinds of things that you feel are sort of coming down the pipe for you?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am also, I'm going to try to do the backpacking as much as I can with my daughters and probably also with my, my niece and nephew. Uh, My brother does uh, obviously was raised with me and did backpacking as well. And there's, there's all those things that, you know, that we were talking about earlier, the, the confidence that um, the confidence of knowing that you can go out in the, in the woods uh, with everything on your back for three or four days and just know that you're going to be okay. Uh, Self-sufficiency, you know, the hard work, the reward of of doing a big hike and getting a great view and, and uh, how nice it is to relax at the end of the day. Navigation. Basic maps and compasses with GPS these days—that's—that's that's, you know gone by the wayside. But it's always a good skill to have. Uh, some basic sort of business stuff. Um, I want to teach them about contracts and leases, which I mean, this as you said, these are things that are coming up in the next maybe ten years. But what a contract is, how it works, what the fine print means, uh, leases—that was something that's important to to know probably before they go away to school. Uh, basic civics you know my daughter and I my wife and I take our daughters to to vote Uh, we try to explain that we try to talk about politics in a way that's appropriate for uh, for their age and along with entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurship I guess I'll call it is uh, I'm trying to and this is something I'm working on now uh, even now is uh, negotiation and persuasion and that's you know not only is it like this 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 because or uh, you know, making making coherent arguments, and I mean, I'll, I guess every toddler is a natural born negotiator <laughs> anyway. So that's that's uh, kind of comes naturally. But learning how to make their case, you know, mm-hmm. like for whatever it is, and and I will I will give them a piece of candy if they can persuade mm-hmm. me with an argument that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and the, and that's sort of a I guess it's a life skill in the way that it's a it's a way of approaching things, and a way of thinking about things. Um, well you and I were talking earlier about uh, but just basic physical care you know nutrition um, you know how their body works making sure that you know how to not get injured you know, stay flexible you know all those things that you know i I tell the story that we got a friend of mine who's now in his late seventies and he told me that his only regret and he is he does yoga every morning he says his only regret in life is that he didn't start doing yoga when he was younger Mm -hmm. And I've been telling that story for 15 years (laughs) and I still haven't started doing (laughs) yoga. So something that, something along those lines, you know, how do you Mm -hmm. care for your body? Uh, uh, You know, being 70 feels like a long way away. And in many ways it is, Mm -hmm. but, you know, begin with the end in mind and just know that if you can take care of your body now, you know, it's going to serve you for the rest of your life
0: it's funny that you talk about the backpacking cuz i i think I, I think we were talking about this on a previous podcast where i said you know we had just come back from camping it was basically the first time we had gone camping and i'm like totally the scary squirrel. i right? am like the bears are going to come eat we're <laughs> at a campground right i'm like the bears are going to come eat us and so but that being said i would love to be able to to do backpacking with my daughters of course the problem is is that it's the blind leading the blind i mean they know just as much as i do about the, about the outdoors and so that's something that I wouldn't be able to just like I would have to learn, and then we so, but that could be a fun process, right of like us learning as a family. So that is something that I would like to do unclear if we'll, I mean this could be like your yoga thing, like you know might be seventy before I get around to it, but uh it is something that's out there. Certainly, I think that as you talk about uh, the navigation, reading a map, like look, if you're before you get behind the wheel, you need to at least understand how to read a map and i've I've thought about this even though we're. I don't know what, six, eight years away from getting behind the car, behind the wheel. But I feel like when they're actually, I mean, when she's old enough to sit in the front seat, I'm gonna be like, look, uh, you need to figure out how to get us from point A to point B. I'm just gonna, you pull the map out and it could just be in the city, right? We're just gonna go to the grocery store or whatever. You you tell me when to turn, when to go straight, and we're gonna end up where we're gonna end up, and this is the process. So uh, yeah, I think reading a map is is pretty critical. Certainly changing a tire, and I think also importantly, changing a tire is not gonna change between like an electric car, yeah. like an EV, and a gas, yeah, all right Like so, like I'm not gonna teach my kids how to change the oil in their car. There's, it's not something they're gonna to need to learn. You know, it's just based on where right. things are going. So there's certain things. That you you just,
1: teach them when to change the oil. You don't need right. to change, but yeah, how to change. Right, the oil. but
0: also like, look, there's no. I mean, there. You know, there are going to be certain things that EVs are just you're not going to have to do, right? Because there's the moving parts are different and everything. So the maintenance is going to be different. So you know, I think that. But changing a tire, also like you know, changing tires is a safety issue too. Like, you know, you pulled off on the side of the road. You don't want to have to wait for AAA potentially who may or may not show up in you know, however long. So I think that's one. Uh, this is a small one, but I think at the same time a big one. My son needs to know how to tie a tie. Like, mm-hmm. Granted, it's few and far between, but you can't be like that 20-year-old kid who's going for an interview. Well, I mean, unless he's going to be an eye banker, I don't know anybody that needs to wear a tie to an interview these days, but... Who knows, right? I don't know. Maybe he's going to go into government or some sort of, you know, type of business where they wear ties. But I'm like, you got to know how to tie a tie. I mean, like, this is not—it's not rocket science. Um, and so, like, there will be weddings that you will have to attend. There will be occasions where you will need to tie a tie. So um, that's going to have to happen.
1: It's a funny story from my brother. The very first job that he had out of college, he showed up on the first day. His boss looked at him and said, "Go tie a Shelby Pratt knot." Don't come back until you can, and and that's how he learned. You know, he so he went into you know I don't know if he could look it up on his phone or whatever, but that was that was the guy's first instruction. Name was learn how to tie a decent tie.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I think that's an important one. Cooking also is super important. I, I mean, I starved my way through uh, parts of senior year at college because I was living off campus and couldn't cook. I mean, we I had a couple of roommates and I'm like, look, if if you cook, I'll clean because otherwise I'm going to starve to death. Like, you said. And it wasn't like they were making anything complicated. Like my roommate, she was cooking steak and like, it's not hard. Right. But she knew what she was doing. And I'm like, I- I'm literally going to die if you walk away. So um, cooking is important. Uh, that's definitely life skill. I also think first aid is, is important. You know, I think the, the problem with first aid, at least for me is like, yes, technically uh, I had a certification, but it's one of those things where like, it's not something that you can practice. Like I, could probably do CPR on somebody.
1: Right. Yeah. But I understand like why I, it expires.
0: Right. Like I actually went to a class and literally you just forget because, you know, thankfully I have never had to use it. But of course, you know, if somebody drops over tomorrow, I'm going to be like, well, it was like five years since I took that class. So I think that's an important thing. And then the last thing, certainly um, as we've talked about in, in some podcasts recently, you know, social media, just understanding that you are only Seen people's best lives and that um you know what people present on social media is not realistic i mean in some cases there is some level of realism to it but in other cases it's just straight up not real there's filters there's you know all sorts of stuff i read this article that said um in hollywood uh i think it's in la there is a an airplane like a private jet interior
1: yeah. and
0: they, they right they use it for music videos they use it for movies but recently influencers are booking time mm-hmm. so that it looks like they're taking a flight and they're not right like this is in some cases these are just straight up lies that you think are truths and i it's so important especially as we're hearing about all the stuff that's going on with facebook it's just so important for the kids to understand that those people, what they're showing it's not it's not reality, and so you should not measure yourself up to them and you know yes, you might see a whole bunch of like crazy ripped bodies and stuff like that, but that's not it's either a not realistic or it's like, yes, that person's an actor, and they can afford to have somebody come in and work with them privately every day of the week, and they have a nutritionist there. I can't remember there's somebody recently i don't know if it was a i think it was adele who was like yeah i lost a bunch of weight but i'll be honest with you guys like this is not something a normal person could do simply because Mm -hmm. i have the money and the time to effectively spend my way into you know into the ability to to have these personal trainers and one-on-one coaching and private chefs right like yes if you all had access to this you know yeah you might all be able to do this but understanding that you know, so much of we see is just not the truth. And I think that's, it's so important for their mental well-being. And certainly when they're younger, you know, we we hear so much about, you know, eating disorders. And, and, you know, the thing about eating disorders too, it's not just girls, right? It's it's boys as well. And so, you know, I think all of the potential harm that can happen on social media is uh, not gender specific. And it probably really hits kids when they're quite young. Uh, They were talking about some of these kids at like 13. They're getting eating disorders and they're like, yeah, I can trace it back to Instagram. You know, it coincides with when I jumped on Instagram and I looked at this one thing in my feed. And the next thing you know, it's all a bunch of like dieting things in my feed. And now I feel super self-conscious about my body. And then I started to get an eating disorder. So that to me is really a, a mental health piece that I think is so important.
1: Yeah, And relatedly, I think similar to that is uh, critical thinking. And I think it goes hand in hand with that learning how to determine what's real and what's true, and why and how and learning how to, how to really take those things and dissemble them and not just take for you know, whatever you see in the news is true. And no, that's not true. Whatever you see on social media is true. No, and just learning how to kind of dissect that stuff and figure out and learn how to think for yourself.
0: Yeah, which I think is is going to be so much more important as the technology advances, right? Like the sort of the ability to use AI and deep fakes and all that stuff where you just, it's so hard to tell what is real and what is, I mean, even filters at a very basic level, right? I mean, some of the filters that people are putting on and um, to mask blemishes or some of these things that slim down your waist, it's just, it's insane. So yeah, the kids, I think definitely need to be armed with the understanding that, you know, this it's 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 almost like movie magic, right? And and you should treat it as such, the same way that you watch a movie, knowing that it's most of the time these stories are, are, are not real. Uh, you should treat social media that way as well. Well, no matter how old your child is, it's never too late to start teaching them about life skills. You know, better to learn now than to have to learn the hard way uh, without a safety net, as I think some of us all have uh, for those things that we did learn when we were younger. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. You can also head over to the website, papayfatigue.club, to pick up some merch and use the discount code podcast for 10% off. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash papayfatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.